Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within, to seek out new joys and new methods of awakening, to boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome, welcome, fellow explorers. Good to have you back. I'm Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my trusty co-host and friend. Brian Tom O'Connor. Captain O'Connor, we have a great subject today, which is looking at the relationship we have with our thoughts and emotions and how we might want to be able to change that relationship at times. But before we go into that, I do want to make a couple of quick announcements. This is episode 99, and uh, we feel good about it. And episode 100, we want to make sure is, is spectacular. So we've decided to get questions from our listening audience, which you can send to us at awarenessexplorers.com. There's a place to contact us. And we'd love to hear any questions you have about awareness, about the podcast, about life, uh, the universe. So we've limited the questions down to certain topics, obviously. Um, and we will try to answer your questions during episode 100. And we will also do the greatest hits of things that occurred to Brian and I about what we've learned in 99 episodes of Awareness Explorers from our guests, for ourselves, what's worked, what hasn't, the themes that keep coming up, all that. So stay tuned for episode 100 and please email us through our website any questions you have, anything you're curious about. We look forward to giving you our best answers for that. Another quick announcement before we go into today's topic is thank you to our Patreon supporters. This probably couldn't happen without you. It costs money to run this thing. And when you give as little as a dollar a month, we send you a bunch of free additional stuff from uh, extra guided meditations and things from our guests that don't get on the original show. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers and learn what we give out for different levels of support, starting as little as a dollar a month. And uh, we try and Treat our Patreon supporters really well because you treat us really well. So thank you for your support. It means a lot to us. And we enjoy your emails. So all that being said, here we are with lots of thoughts, lots of emotions running through our little heads. And when we came up with a topic for today, Brian, what was the first thought that hit your, or what were the first thoughts that ran through your head? Ooh, I forgot what the topic was. No, <laughs> not really. I think it's the relationship with our thoughts and emotions is the topic. Exactly. Is that correct? Okay, good. That's correct. Okay, my memory is not as short-term as I thought it was. Um, our relationship, I mean, the simplest way to put it is that we are not our thoughts and emotions, that our thoughts and emotions are simply objects that appear in awareness, and that's what we are. It's the awareness in which they appear. That's the short one, but I'm sure we have lots of little ins and outs and other uh, ways of slicing and dicing this topic. No, I think you said it all. That's it for today, folks. Okay. For tuning in. See you next time.
Yeah, right. No, there's a lot to this topic. First thing that occurs to me is that, you know, the old model in spirituality, which still exists, is that you would try to quiet your mind and even stop your thoughts and maybe totally separate from your feelings and stop your feelings. And, you know, so long meditation retreats were popular. And I think one of the things we've learned in the last 20 or 30 years is that that is friggin' not going to happen, uh, or it's very, very difficult. And therefore, I think a new model is that instead of trying to shut your mind off or shut your emotions off, is to be able to step out of them and into pure awareness, or to at least take them a lot less seriously sometimes. And that seems to be a lot easier and a lot more effective. That's my impression. What's your impression? I wholeheartedly agree, uh, particularly with the idea of stopping emotions. Uh, that is a recipe for depression or for some sort of zombie-like state where you're not really living life to the fullest. Thoughts and emotions happen. They occur. It's when we get wrapped up in them, when we spin them, or when we try to prevent them, when we create a false uh, resistance. Um, and we allow them, we allow the emotions to arise, we allow the thoughts to arise. But we ask the question, to whom do these arise? To whom or to what do these arise, whatever works for you. And it's that which knows our thoughts, that which knows our emotions, that is pure awareness. And that's our, our, our true selves. And that's totally, and totally okay with thoughts and emotions arising, because awareness is totally okay with everything that appears. I think that's that's definitely the ideal answer. And and I like how you always present uh, or usually present the 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 idea or the purity. But I think there's levels of this, you know, from uh, and one level might be we are our thoughts and emotions. You know, I am angry. You know, we don't say anger is anger is passing through awareness. No, we don't say that. We say I am angry or I am happy. And that's total identification. And then there's um, more like, I'm thinking this, not I, I am this thought, I am thinking this, or I feel this, that is slightly less identified. And then there's maybe I notice, I notice I'm thinking that I have a lot to do today, or I notice I'm thinking about how that person should have treated me better. That's even more disidentification. Or I notice that there's anger happening in me. And then there's the least identification, what you might call pure awareness, where from that perspective, it's more like there are thoughts going through a field of awareness, or there's a, a feeling of warmth and expansion, which some people might call anger, moving through the field of awareness. And by the time you're there, you're not really angry. You're just more like, oh, well, that's an interesting sensation. What do you think of my of my level hypothesis? Well, I like that progression a lot. As a matter of fact, later on, our, our guided meditation uh, is going to be based on that progression, uh, which I just wanted to summarize one more time using anger as an example. Uh, 
it is a progression from most identified with thoughts and emotion to least identified. And it's, I am angry, I feel angry, I notice anger, and there is anger passing through. And I think it's a, I, I think you're right. I think we can progress from more identified to less. It's not necessarily just an instant all or nothing switch. And that's really an important distinction that I think most people aren't aware of because we tend to think of it as the switch is on or off. I'm in awareness or I'm fully identified. And, and if you can use this tool or your meditation later to go from, yeah, I am angry to uh, I notice anger to uh, there is anger passing through, that even those words can be very useful for taking one step up the higher consciousness ladder. I just created that idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we're going to talk about other methods later in the podcast as well. But one question I wonder is, you know, it, it makes so much sense to change our relationship with thoughts. It doesn't take eight hours of meditation. You can do it in a second through a phrase and other methods. So why is it that 99.999% of humanity is completely identified with their thoughts and feelings? This is a new paradigm. This is the next stage in development of our ability to live in the world with others and ourselves in a way that promotes happiness. It's, it, you know, the old way is, this is a problem I must solve. And our minds are designed to solve problems. And they are designed to find the distinction between good and bad and to run things through. And as such, that doesn't have to go away. I think there are practical thoughts that absolutely necessary, and they're fine. Uh, like, um, okay, I have to be at such and such at this time. What time should I leave? You know, that's just mm -hmm. practical. But it's the thoughts that spin around about how things should not be the way they are. That's where the problem is. Somebody said something I don't like. Okay, so I go into this endless train of thought. They shouldn't have said that. You know, I really think that, you know, and they always say that. And this is the way they are. And or, wow, I'm upset again. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this emotion. There must be something wrong with me. It's this endless spinning. And that stuff is not helpful. And it's not even true. And we can really safely ignore it. But to say it can't, we have to quiet it and make it disappear, that's actually making it harder than it really is. We can simply, in my favorite phrase from Pamela Wilson, thank your mind for its opinions. And then shift yeah. your attention to, oh, to what that thought is appearing in. Or ask the question, okay, who is the voice in my head talking to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of great methods, and, and so many of our thoughts are useless. And you know, it's been said we have about 50,000 thoughts per day, and 95% of them are the same thoughts we had you know, previous days. They're just, you know, like record loops. And same with some emotions, too. 
you know, and, and when you're dealing with a thought loop that's not useful in any way or emotion, it's nice to be able to disidentify with it or to even cancel it somehow. And I recently had an interesting experience where um, I, I wear hearing aids and I lost one of my hearing aids and my hearing aids are like $4,000 each. So, you know, losing a hearing aid is a problem. And so I lost it and, and I was you know pretty upset for a couple hours. Uh, I try not to be too attached, but, you know, that, that was a, you know, a fair amount of money. And then I so I was upset and then I found the hearing aid. And I had you know, a moment, oh, thank God. But I had so many stress hormones in me that I was still upset for the next three hours just because I had been upset. But the reason for the upset had disappeared. And this happens in small ways a lot. You know, you, you have a, you're upset about something. The situation changes. It works in your favor. But your emotions might take an hour or two or a day to catch up. And those types of emotions and those types of thought loops are completely useless. So I have a term that I use now, which helps, which is cancel, cancel. Like that's just, you know, cancel that thought, cancel that emotion. It has nothing to do with reality in this moment. Now you got to be careful not to use that as a spiritual bypass, you know, when you're, when you need to know what you're feeling or thinking, but sometimes a very simple method like cancel, cancel, can help you move on from a thought loop or emotion that's just completely useless. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, I use that often. I've used it for decades. Um, but the other thing is that sometimes even when you stop, even when the situation is resolved, like the search for the hearing aids, the fan that was spinning, even when you turn it off, the rotor blades keep turning for a while. Yeah. And that's a good time to stop and notice your body. Just, just notice your body, because we often don't think of emotions as actual chemical reactions that are happening in the body. We associate them with the thoughts in our head. So just drop down. Just drop down below the neck and notice your body. Or check out our last episode with Judith Blackstone, in which she talked about this a great deal in very effective ways. Just drop down and notice what's happening in your body. And the other thing is that most of these emotions are all based on the idea that what is happening, including what you're feeling, shouldn't be happening. And so you ask, why shouldn't it? Yeah. where's the rule where's the thing that says this shouldn't be and yeah. you know or, or just ask my favorite one sbfd so yeah. big friggin deal so i'm feeling this so and you know that goes into kind of byron katie's work where you're using what she calls inquiry you're asking questions to kind of help you to not take your thoughts so seriously you know, your story so seriously, you know, like, is it true? Or can you absolutely know that's true? You know, when I lost my hearing aid, well, that's bad. Well, can you know? Absolutely. Maybe, you know, you find your hearing aid and that keeps you from having a car crash that you were going to have earlier that, you know, later that day or something. So there are lots of good questions that you can ask that help you to not be so identified. But at the same time, we have to realize that 
our thoughts and our emotions are are kind of like protruding from subpersonalities whose whole motivation and goal in life is to keep us believing them. You know, thoughts don't say, well, this might be true and I might be a useful thought. They 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 come on like they are straight from the Lord, you know. <laughs> Our, we we they're very good at getting us to believe them. That's right. And they want our attention. They say, pay attention to me and nothing else. Yeah. Which is why I love the include, include, include exercise, where you just notice, okay, there's an emotion that I don't want, or I think I don't want, and it is appearing in awareness. Let's see, what else is appearing in awareness? Well, there's the sounds in the room. There's the feeling of my body on the chair. I mean, there's, there's sounds, sensations, sights, they're all appearing. And you grow your field, you notice that it's all in one field of awareness, and that it contains far more than that nagging thought of that pesky emotion. So that pesky emotion becomes such a smaller proportion of all that appears. Yeah, I love that method. It's one of my favorite. And one of the great things about it is you're, you're not saying you're not spiritual bypassing, you're feeling your emotion, or you know what the thought is. But you are putting it in its right place in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, which is small. <laughs> right, right, right. And you are huge, the real you, vast. Yeah, that's maybe, maybe size doesn't even apply or limitless. Quite true. You know, it reminds me of a story uh, Ram Dass once told me. Uh, of, he said um, there was a, a king who had an advisor and uh, his advisor was very good, but uh, somebody put a curse on the advisor. And so he was telling the king, you know, I used to always give you perfect advice, but now there's a curse on me. And half of my, the advice I give and predictions of the future are right. And half of them are wrong. And I don't know which is which. And that's kind of the situation you and I are in, that half our thoughts, you know, are good at predicting the future or might be accurate, and half are completely looney tunes, and we don't know which is which. So we take all of them as seriously, but they're really not that good of a predictor of what's really going on. Now, you can see this with other people with, you know, they have bizarre beliefs or stories in their head. This person did me wrong. It's not my fault blah, 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 everything about, you know, we could go into COVID and politics, we won't go there. But, but, you know, you look at other people and you think, wow, that person really has some crazy thoughts, but we don't see that in ourselves. And I was thinking that we could take other pieces of information as as valid or more valid than our thoughts and emotions. For example, intuition. You know, some people take that seriously, some people don't. And how about friends? You know, sometimes when I have a problem, I, I'm sick of listening to what my thoughts say about it. I ask them, what do, they, what do you think about it? <laughs> and sometimes their thoughts about it are so much more valuable than the idiotic thoughts going through my head. So that's been useful. And then, of course, there's spiritual teachers. 
you know, what do they think about it? Or counselors or your parents or experts. There's a lot of information we could get outside of our head, but normally we don't do that. Yes, we don't go outside of it because we get so wrapped up in it, so focused, so narrow in our focus. We're narrowly focused on these tape loops that run in our head, which generate these feelings that we resist and figure out a way not to have. And everything that you said made me think of the idea, I I call it... um, virtual reality, not in the sense that we that's in the news that's talked about in terms of technology, but we create a virtual reality for ourselves through our thoughts. We have these thoughts that filter the world through this constant internal discussion of the past and the memory of what happened, and this internal imagination of what might happen in the future. And none of it is real. Past is not real. Future is not real. The only thing that is happening is now. Now, what's happening here? What's happening now? This. And that's real reality. Virtual reality is that tape that's going on in your head that's filtering it out. And so when you simply ask yourself, what can I notice without words going through my head? Then you're in real reality and not in virtual reality. So wordlessness is another really good technique to change your relationship with the, uh, with the uh, incessant thoughts and feelings that play and replay over and over. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you remind me, um, my friend John Aston, who we interviewed earlier, in one of our episodes, he's a songwriter. He has a song that the words are, there is a place beyond the movement of your mind. There is a space beyond the movement of your mind. Where is this place? Where is this grace? It's everywhere. (laughs) That is lovely. What what a great lyric. Um, I'm going to have to look up that song and uh, and attach the melody to it. In some ways, it's everywhere in the universe except for the three inches inside our skull. <laughs> uh, That's but right. we happen to be focused on the three inches inside our skull. Yeah, forget about it. It's not helpful. All those thoughts that, I mean, really, except the practical ones where you have to, you know, do things like figure out. Um, you know, when to do this to get somewhere on time is, is, the, is the example. The practical thoughts, fine. Everything else, really, <laughs> you can ignore it. You can just say, thank you, you know. And you know why it's there? It's there because some really ancient part of yourself that was installed when you were too young to really be able to protect yourself from from the pain, from the fear, from the fear of abandonment. It's there to protect you. All these, all these things were installed long, long ago, and they're out of date. You don't need them anymore. They're protecting yeah. you from things you don't need. You don't need to be protected from your emotions anymore. If you are as relaxed as possible and as open as possible and allow them to come, 
and allow them to go. They don't whirl around like an eddy inside you and just stick around forever. They come, they go. Yeah. You know, I, I, when I do workshops, which I haven't done for a while because of COVID, um, I use a, a visual analogy. And for our listeners, I'll try to describe it for people watching on YouTube. They can see this. Um, I, I usually have like a white, a big white board or white sheet and it has a uh, small black dot on it. And you can see that on YouTube. But, you know, the dot is, you know, smaller than a dime and the white sheet is very big. And then I say our relationship with our thoughts is very similar to this. And then I demonstrate. And what I do is I put my eyeball right on that little black dot. <laughs> and then I say, oh, my God, the world's going to crap. And I have so much to do. And and nobody likes me. And, and what's that pain in my foot? And, and the world is just so stressful. And I hate this. You know, while my my eyeballs right on that black dot and on that black dot that's all you see you know uh so really we're talking about moving away from that black dot so you see that oh that's a little dot on a very big piece of paper or a very big universe and you still see the dot but it's so small in comparison to everything else that you see. It's basically the include exercise, just in a visual format. I, that is such a wonderful analogy that putting that little black dot right in front of your eyeball, it's perfect. It's exactly what we do. And we just expand, grow out. I mean, the way around it is to move back, say, yeah. okay, what's that little dot appearing in? Okay. It's appearing in my mind. Okay, what's my mind appearing in? Well, it's appearing in myself. What is this myself? Well, it's I. It's all that experiences. What is all that experiences? Ah, it's awareness. What is awareness? I mean, you keep going back and back. And there's a, a Rumi quote that um, Rupert Spira loves to quote, which I probably will get wrong, but it's um, it's something like... Um, back and back and back in endless rings of being, infinitely expanding rings of being. I'm sure that I butchered the quote, but the idea is that when is that's what self-inquiry is. It's not finding an answer to who you are. It's no matter what answer you come up with, you ask, what does that appear in? And you keep going back and back and back in infinite rings of being. And you realize that that infinite space, it's space consciousness, that's Eckhart Tolle's term for it, is allowing, accepting, loving by its very nature. And you identify with that. So you're not changing your personality. You're identifying with the big, huge spaciousness in which your personality appears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I like about our connection, Brian, is that we, we both have a lot of methods and different methods work for you and I. So, so I have a hard time using that method, although it makes total sense. And sometimes I do in meditation, but I find that the phrase, uh, the methods I tend to use in my life more are more like brief phrases. Because if I think of going back into beingness or what's that appearing in, sometimes it just stimulates my head more. So 
for me, more of the somatic methods, the body methods have been useful, but also certain phrases. And one phrase has been very, very effective. Uh, it's a magical mantra. Um, I want to tell you what this mantra was. I got it actually in deep meditation one time. And um, it works for me really well. Uh, and the mantra is, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. It's blah, blah, blah. Now, what I like about this is it always makes me smile. You know, I I'm listening in my head and it's just like, instead of taking whatever is there seriously, it's like just blah, blah, blah. And it makes me smile. It makes me disidentify very quickly. And it also has a nice sound to it. You know, like a lot of mantras have the sound of awe in it. So that's one. And another one is this is passing through a field of awareness. And that kind of sets me up, oh, this is not me, my thoughts. If, if I had control of my thoughts, I'd tell them to shut the hell up. But since I don't, I can just uh, change my relationship by realizing that, oh, this is passing through a field of awareness. And that immediately helps me to disidentify. And you have your favorite one, which uh, comes from Pamela Wilson. Thank your mind for its opinion. Yeah. You know, that's all you need to do. Thank you. And, and uh, that's an interesting opinion. I have a friend that's very enlightened, and I asked him what his relationship with his thoughts was. And he said, it's kind of like, have you ever listened to a radio? It's too faint in the background, and you can kind of hear it, but you're not paying attention to it. And he said, that's what my thoughts are. They're like, like static of a faraway radio. They're never quiet, but they're just like static. And I think it's possible to just really decide to change how you think of your thoughts and emotions as being like, yeah, that's, that's one piece of, of information. And, and maybe globally just take them less seriously, even before you start using these precise methods. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, I do think it's possible. And that's a good analogy of, of the static and radio. A similar analogy is that little crawl at the bottom of your TV screen on news programs. Uh, the, the, the host will be talking and on the bottom, there are all these words scrolling across. So just ignore the ignore that crawl. You really can safely ignore that crawl. But I, I do like, for, because for me, these kinds of, uh, of um, sort of meditations, these sort of netty-netty type meditations work for me. I love them, and they're great. But if our listeners walk away from this entire episode only remembering blah, 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 <laughs> and this is passing through awareness, I'm happy with that. Totally. I think they're wonderful and brilliant. Yeah, whatever works for you. And, and you know, we encourage our listeners to, you know, of course, this is an entertaining podcast, hopefully, and informative. But, you know, take it on and, and uh, share it with your friends and family and hold each other accountable. Say to your friend, yeah, I'm going to use the blah, blah, blah method, or uh, I'm going to use the thank you for your opinion method and check in with each other because, you know, once again, a Rondas quote is that we're all just walking each other home. And we certainly have lots of input about, you know, 
buying stuff and COVID and all the externals in the world. And when you have a friend like, you know, Brian and I uh, get to help each other with these reminders that when you let other people know about these methods and the podcasts, it creates a circle of support around you. And that circle support is really necessary to deal with all the other input of life, which is basically saying, you know, if I just had more control, everything would work out. And uh, we know how far that gets us. Ah, control, the central problem of humanity. <laughs> yeah. I was actually just in Las Vegas for a few days. And, you know, Vegas kind of has that promise on steroids. If you, if you just had more, you know, uh, sex, better food, more stimulation, you'd be happy. And there's no place where people seem more miserable on earth than Las Vegas. You know, it's kind of funny that way. That's right, because it's all based on trying to get something you don't have. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's where all of our unhappiness stems from, either trying to get rid of something we don't want or trying to get something we don't have. And seriously, folks, enlightenment is when both of those go away. That's yeah. all it is. Ah, and the good news is you don't have to wait until you're fully enlightened to start to drink of that nectar. It can happen any moment. Uh, any moment you just make this shift with your relationship with your thoughts and emotions. And, and as you take that reality less seriously, the reality of awareness, presence, divine, whatever you want to call it, becomes immediately obvious. That's right. It's here. It's now. It's not going away. You don't have to create awareness. You just notice it. It's always there. I like the analogy of the infinitely refillable water bottle that's always yeah. with you. Whenever you're thirsty, you take a drink. But you don't have to walk around with the bottle to your lips 24-7. I love that analogy, Brian. That's actually helped me quite a bit. And um, we're lucky that uh, if you're a listener here, you're, you know this stuff. We're just here to remind you. And we're here to remind us. And hopefully create a circle of support where the reality of peace that's within is always somewhere nearby you. You don't forget it because your friends, family, your books, your podcasts are all pointing you in that direction. Yeah. Any final words, any thoughts that we haven't covered yet? None spring to mind at the moment. It's actually relatively quiet in there. <laughs> Well, that, that's the other thing is when you, you stop taking your thoughts and emotions quite as seriously as before, they are like not getting fed the same way. Normally, when we identify 100%, they are like getting, you know, massive stakes every couple hours and they grow big and strong. But when you just take them as one piece of opinion or one piece of information, they don't develop the momentum and size and intensity that they used to have. That's right. And, and the, but one thing I, I just popped into my head that I want to add is that it seems like a paradox, but 
when you want to change your experience, it tends not to change. When you totally allow it to be exactly as it is, it tends to change because change is its nature. And yes. so you just get out of the way. Mm -hmm. Well said. You know, I'm excited about uh, your meditation today because you're, we're going to be using and talking about this technique that kind of takes you step by step from full identification to full awareness. Um, but before we go into that, I did want to just remind people, send us your questions. We always like your questions. And in our next episode, we will attend to some of these questions and uh, give a rundown of some of our greatest hits of having hit 100 episodes of Awareness Explorers, which is really a celebration for us. So um, do uh, contact us, send us your questions at awarenessexplorers.com. And know that we also have about 90 meditations there and soon to have another one from the meditation, guided meditation master known as Brian Tom O'Connor. So what do you have for us, Brian? Well, thank you for that shout out, Jonathan. Uh, but I do have to give you credit because this meditation is based on on your progression of uh, I am angry, I feel angry, I know this anger, and there is anger passing through. So I, I, I like that progression so much that I based the meditation upon it. Right. <sighs> so first, Take a nice, easy, deep breath. Close your eyes if it's safe to do so. And relax. Take a moment to scan your body and notice any sensations that you feel. Don't make any attempt to change anything. Simply notice what you feel in your body. Now, take a moment to scan your field of awareness and notice any emotions that you may be feeling. Don't make any attempt to change anything. Simply notice whatever emotions or feelings you're experiencing right now, if any. If you're feeling a strong emotion right now, use that emotion for this meditation. If not, take a moment to recall a time when you felt a strong emotion, particularly one that you looked upon as difficult or undesirable, perhaps anger, anxiety, fear, or sadness. Bring to mind the time and place when you felt this emotion. See it as fully as possible in your mind's eye. Usually, strong emotions are accompanied by a verbal story running through your mind. 
Recall that story now. If it feels safe to do so, allow this story to heighten the intensity of the recalled emotion. You'll let go of the story later in the meditation. Now, I'm going to ask you a series of questions about the emotion that you're using. I'll use the phrase, this emotion. When I say this emotion, please substitute the particular emotion you're using. For example, if I say, I am this emotion, think to yourself, I am angry. If I say, I notice this emotion, think to yourself, I notice anger. Take another easy, deep breath. Say to yourself, I am this emotion. Notice how right now your entire identity is wrapped up in this emotion. See how your identity is wrapped up in this emotion. Ask yourself, is this true? Am I this emotion? Is this really my identity right now? No matter what answer you come up with, notice any other way you identify yourself. For instance, I am a person. Now think to yourself, I am a person experiencing this emotion. See how you are now one step removed from identifying with the emotion. Now again, notice the emotion you're experiencing or recalling, and say to yourself, I feel this emotion. Notice what the emotion feels like in your body. Notice that there is you, and there is something you feel. They're not the same. See how you are now another step removed from identifying with the emotion. Now, again, turn your attention to the emotion and say to yourself, I notice this emotion. In other words, 
there's a feeling going on, and you notice it. See how you are now one more step removed from identifying with the emotion. Now, again, turn your attention to the emotion one last time and say to yourself, there is this emotion passing through. As you continue to relax, try to drop any strategy to prevent the emotion and just notice it. See if you can let go of the story that you associated with the emotion. And just notice the emotion wordlessly. See that if you relax and let go of any clutching against the feeling, that it comes, it passes through, and it leaves. See that the feeling passes through the field of awareness. See that you are that field of awareness. See how you are no longer identifying with the emotion, but instead are identifying with the clear field of awareness that you are. You are like the sky. The emotion is like a passing cloud. Just one cloud among many passing through the clear sky of awareness that you are. As the clouds pass through, the sky remains unaffected by the clouds, no matter how stormy. There's just you, the clear sky of awareness, and the clouds that come, pass through, and go. Now, take another easy, deep breath. And at your own pace, allow your eyes to open. I think that is very profound. I'm looking forward to using that next time I'm going through
a difficult emotion, seeing what that's like. I was actually using a positive emotion this time. Um, and it went from positive to much more positive. <laughs> Great. Also, you can apply it to thoughts. It doesn't have yeah. to be an emotion. It could be to some recurring thought that you have. But usually, usually emotions and recurring thoughts are kind of intertwined together and are kind of the same thing, except yeah. that the emotions can be felt in the body. I think we have here potentially important new technology of doing this step-by-step -step disidentification in a very precise way that I think most people would be able to follow. So we'd love to hear what you think of this guided meditation or this episode. So feel free to communicate to us about that. Um, but yeah, I think that that what you did it really well, Brian. And um I think that can be a very powerful addition to people's uh, repertoire. Well, thank you very much. And also thank you because uh, this was a collaborative effort. You provided the framework uh, that I sort of hung the, the different pieces of clothing on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice to collaborate. Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> All you need is love. Yes. Get back to where you really belong. <laughs> I am the walrus. No, 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 that doesn't seem to yeah, that, that, That's still a stretch. <laughs> I am that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this has been fun as usual. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, listeners. Uh, send us your questions for episode 100. Use this stuff. Uh, tell your friends, family. And of course, till next time, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.